Welcome back to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. I'm Katherine Eastman, the Archives Manager of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And I'm David Leopold, the Creative Director. And we're back for good. We want to apologize for not being in your feed the last couple of weeks. We have been very, very involved in a number of projects, some of which we can tell you about uh, today. Um, the, the most important one is the Algonquin Hotel in New yes. York City. And we do this every year. It's become an annual tra- tradition um, since 2014. So this is our fourth year doing it. Uh, always around um, Hirschfeld's birthday, June 21st. We put up a d- bunch of different images around the lobby of the hotel. And this year's theme is Broadway as seen by Hirschfeld. Broadway today. So you can see Angels in America. You can see My Fair Lady. You can see Phantom of the Opera. Hello, Dolly. You can see a Black St. Joan. Carousel. Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. That's right. Yeah, that's there. Uh, As well as a number of the playwrights and composers who created um, these wonderful shows. Right. Uh, and so that's absolutely free. Go into the hotel, take a look around, sit and have a drink. The drink will not be free, um, but there's no admission price. No admission price, and it's wonderful. And it's, uh, of course, Hirschfeld uh, captured the Algonquin Roundtable in a way mm-hmm. that nobody else did. If you go to the Encyclopedia Britannica and you look up Algonquin Roundtable, the image that you will see there, or for many years you saw there, was Hirschfeld's drawing of those uh, writers. Right, right. So let's get into our topic of today, which is CBS. CBS was one of three large networks. The big three. Yes. Um, Charlie Chaplin actually chose CBS to broadcast his voice to the world for the first time. That was October 3rd, 1923 on a radio station. And then, of course, speaking of radio, we have War of the Worlds. Really one of the most uh, remarkable broadcasts and historic broadcasts uh, mm-hmm. from the 1930s. Yep, yep. Uh, that was done on CBS. Yep. Orson Welles, of course. Yep, day before Halloween. H.G. Uh, Wells, or Orson Welles does H.G. Wells. That's correct. <laughs> um, and I, it set off a, a panic, or yeah. allegedly set off a panic, of people who thought that uh, Martians really were landing. Yes, and confession alert, that would be my dream. <laughs> I'm a big alienist, and I just think that would I would be in heaven. Although I probably would be scared. Very scared. Um, so those are just two little things uh, about CBS. Before we get started, um, so Hirschfeld had a really long relationship with CBS, which started in 1944. And this was on radio, and mm. it's hard for us to understand today how big radio was at the time. Right. Um, as the war was going on, most of the advertising really went to radio more than anything else because it was something that everybody listened to Mm. because everybody wanted to know the latest what was going on in the war. Yeah. And actually, as a side um, hobby, I am a amateur genealogist. And just a fun fact about the 1930 census, uh, if you're interested, they actually had a box that uh, the um, the census taker would check if the household had a radio. That's how kind of important the radio was. They wanted to make sure everybody was getting the news, I guess. It's really incredible. I mean, uh, the income generated by radio uh, grew by 80%. In uh, wow. just four years, from 1940 to 1944, wow. it was uh, to $400 million, which in 1944 dollars was an obscene amount of money. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, 1944, CBS wanted to promote all their programs, mm-hmm. and uh, they did it the old-fashioned way through print advertising. <laughs> 
And they asked this artist, Hirschfeld, mm-hmm. who had been around now in 1944. He had been working professionally for 24 years, and he'd been doing caricatures for just a little under 20 years. Wow. So he was a very well-established artist. He was doing the work for MGM. He was in two different newspapers. In fact, just before this, he started to go exclusive for New York newspapers right. to the New York Times. This is so early, Nina has not been born yet. That's right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a year before Nina was born. Mm-hmm. And so he did a series of drawings that were used in newspaper and magazine advertising. Mm-hmm. And how we first, the two of us first came in contact with them were these series of postcards. Right. So that's what we refer to them as here at the archive, the CBS postcards. And geez, there's 65 of them. There's that 60, we have. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of them. Um, and they're all wonderful. The first one, of course, is a Hirschfeld self-portrait. So the... Uh, there was a contest of some sort in which people were encouraged to draw their favorite radio show. <laughs> and uh, the artist Hirschfeld was going to judge them. And so Al drew himself uh, with one eye sort of focusing on his subject, mm-hmm. holding literally a poison pen, yeah. cigarettes stuck in his mouth. Uh, and for those of us who knew the later day, uh, Hirschfeld, to see this dark haired, dark beard <laughs> with the razor stubble on him. He does have razor stubble. I didn't notice that. He, you know, it's a little gruesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we think of the more kindly, white haired, right. sort of Santa Claus one. Yeah, yeah. But this was a guy who, as Russell Krauss said, looked like he was a little boy whose eyes were peering over a hedge. Oh, that's you cute. Know. Uh, so uh, he had a lot of fun with himself. Mm-hmm. And I think in a way, if he could have that much fun with himself, everybody else could feel comfortable yeah. because he was doing it in good-natured fun. Now, I wonder if he actually ever judged the entries. List of questions that I never asked Al Hirschfeld. <sighs> we missed out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we'd be doing the podcast? Right, right. Who knew? All right. So we're, we're not obviously going to talk about all 65 drawings. She won't let me. No, I could I will talk not. about all 65, but she will not let me. I said, David, we have to pick just a few that we're allowed to talk about. Um, so we broke them down into categories. Yes. There's news. Yep. And yep. he did a lot of different, of course, they had a lot of news programs. Yep. This was really the start of what we consider the regular news programs. Mm. They started off as 15-minute broadcasts. Wow. They would grow to a half hour and then eventually an hour. And then eventually 24-hour. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And the the king of all news at CBS was my boy Ed Murrow. Good night and good luck. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful drawing of him. He's got a bunch of arms and telephones, kind of going all different ways. Uh, but Murrow is writing. He's answering the phone. Right. He's on the radio. He's, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's this everything. is Murrow radio days. Yeah. Uh, but he also did Douglas Edwards, who would go on, mm-hmm. of course, and have a great career as well, and William Schreier. Um, uh, it was, he was putting a face to the news because these guys were not known by everybody. Right, right. Um, and so some of them just have uh, the globe as sort of a, a human mm-hmm, being, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, a yeah. human face. I think Dateline has that. There's no Dateline. Yeah, there is. No. It's literally the globe talking into the microphone. It says Dateline right on it. I'm not screwing this up. Of course, this was during World War II. And in addition to the regular news programs, uh, whether they were on the hour or on the half hour, um, they had specific 
shows about wartime news and different aspects of the war, Mm -hmm. like America in the Air and Service to the Front and Thanks to the Yanks. I like that one. I've never seen it. I just like the title. They had a commentator, Major George Fielding Elliott, Mm. and Hirschfeld did a drawing of him. So, I mean, that was all part and parcel. And as I said, that's why everybody listened to the radio. Right. I mean, they listened to it for the music and the other programs. But during the war, everybody wanted to know what was going on. It's a one-stop shop. Right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about comedy. This was, of course, the great uh, escape for people during the war. Uh, The comedy programs, CBS had a wonderful lineup, uh, including uh, Ozzie and Harriet, Mm -hmm. and then called The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. (laughs) Uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen. Yeah, so he was drawing them from the start. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is, I think, his first drawings. Not his first drawings of Gracie, Gracie Allen. Gracie Allen, yeah, yeah. But uh, it may be his first drawing of George it Burns. It might be, yeah. Very, very early. Uh, um, it was his first drawing of Gary Moore. Mm-hmm. And because uh, Gary Moore and Jimmy Durante had a show right. called The Moore and Durante Show. Right. And now there's a story behind drawing Gary Moore. Yes, much later he would get a, in the 60s, he would get an assignment from, uh, Moore was coming back on television with a show, Mm -hmm. and a Pittsburgh ad agency was in charge of promoting it, and they had the bright idea of uh, hiring Hirschfeld to draw Gary Moore in five different drawings, Mm. and Hirschfeld got the assignment and was not concerned at all, did a drawing of Gary Moore and he had a housekeeper Mildred and uh, Millie they called her and uh, Millie just happened to be in a studio cleaning up at that time looked over his shoulder and says oh I've, I've always loved him as Buster Keaton coming back uh, to TV and Hirschfeld looked at her and says are you sure that's Buster Keaton oh, no. she says no doubt about it I could I would know him anywhere yeah and Hirschfeld was alarmed so he went downstairs mm-hmm. to his wife Dolly Haas and showed her the drawing and said, who is that? Mm. And she said, Al, why are you asking me, asking me that? That's Buster Keaton. Oh, no. So Hirschfeld didn't know what to do. He went back up to his studio and proceeded to draw Gary Moore over and over oh, and gosh. over again. And they all looked the same. Mm-hmm. And Hirschfeld, after a couple of days, wow, had realized that whatever gift of caricature he ever it had... Is now gone. Is gone. He, he was... He knew he was washed up. Uh. And just as he was sort of at the nadir of his feeling uh, Mm -hmm. like this, uh, Millie comes in and says, oh, Gary Moore, I like him a lot. (laughs) Perfect. And uh, he, once she said it was definitely Gary Moore, he took it down to Dolly again. And Dolly says, oh, that's Gary Moore, sure. Oh, gosh. And he went back up and he realized that the chances of him being able to draw a second Gary Moore was impossible. So he photostatted Gary, the Gary Moore head. Right. He did four other drawings. And but he, just cut and paste the head. He cut and paste the head. Dolly said that they were going to reject the entire thing. Right. But in classic Hirschfeld fashion, not only did they not reject it, he won an award for it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I will say, we'll put that that drawing up in the show notes. Oh, the lucky drawing of Gary Moore. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and I must admit, it, I can see where they would think it looks like Buster Keaton. Sure. I, I definitely, an older Buster Keaton, you can definitely see that. So. And it turns out, uh, Hirschfeld would tell the story to Gary Moore. They met at a party uh, soon thereafter, and mm. he told him the story. Yeah. And Gary Moore admitted that at the beginning of his career, he used to do Buster Keaton imitations. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> then he was, yeah, he was right. He was spot on. <laughs> he didn't as usual. Anything. Yeah. 
Um, but along with the comedies, there were dramas. Right, right. Uh, a lot of radio plays at that time. Um, probably uh, the Lux Radio Theater, um, directed by uh, Cecil B. DeMille, right. was uh, the biggest one. And although DeMille was a great director, he actually did not direct these productions. Mm. But he introduced them. Uh, he would interview the stars at the He's end of the, the show. Face of the show. Yes. Or the sound of the show. I guess it's radio. Right. right. <laughs> he would eventually leave the show when he got into a dispute. Uh, he did not want to join the union mm. and refused to pay the one dollar mm. that uh, was taken out of everybody's paycheck to be part of the union. And he, he went off the show. He made good money and he went off the show because wow. he did not want to be a part of that. Mm. But uh, there was there was the Screen Guild players. Um, there was, uh, you know, hospital dramas like Dr. Christian mm. with Gene Herschelt, uh, whose name you might know from the Academy Awards. They give a Gene Herschelt uh, humanitarian award. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the Stage Door Canteen, which was just, these were compilations of, of different shows. Right, right. There were two quiz shows. Uh, it pays to be ignorant and correction, please. There were probably more quiz shows, but those were the two that he drew. Yeah, this is definitely the the birth of quiz shows. Right. Yeah, this is very. Early. And they will show up time and again now in in the rest of the things forward. that we talk about. Definitely. And of course, more than anything else on the radio, mm-hmm. more than news, more than comedies, more than dramas, more than quiz show was, of course, there was music. Right, right. And now we have a very, very early drawing of Frank Sinatra. His very first drawing of of Frank Sinatra. And we won't go into all that because we did a whole show on Sinatra. We did do a whole episode on Frank Sinatra. So look it up. (laughs) Um, Sinatra, of course, would go on to be drawn about 45 times. Wow. He was not only a huge fan of Hirschfeld, he thought that Hirschfeld sort of represented New York City, mm-hmm. particularly in the 40s and mm-hmm. the 50s. And uh, Sinatra was a very big collector right. of Hirschfeld drawings of himself. Right, right. And then Kate Smith as well. She was very well known. Um, she had become well known as popular as she was before 1938. On November 11th, 1938, she becomes, she enters really into legend mm-hmm. because that is the day that she debuts a song that I think all of us know called God Bless America. Right. And it was such a hit that she would then close every show she ever did after that with God Bless America. Wow. It would really become her theme song. Right. Uh, she, if you go to Philadelphia, there is a life-size statue of Kate Smith in full song with arms extended because the Philadelphia Flyers used to play her recording of God Bless America before their games, and she was like a lucky uh, uh, rabbit's foot for right. them. And when they were in the playoffs, sometimes she would actually come and sing the song. Mm. So she has a very strong connection, and Hirschfeld's drawing captures her, just her whole spirit. Right. He drew lots of musical figures, uh, whether it was opera stars um, or uh, conductors. Lynn Murray had a regular show um, and was conducting, but there was Phil Baker, Johnny Morgan. Um, there was uh, there were just shows about operas. Uh, there were Alan Jones, Kenny Baker. Jessica Dragonette. Yeah. Next is mystery and suspense, and I know this is David's. David loves loves 
mystery radio dramas. It drives me bonkers. I love them all. I love them all. I'm a big, very big fan. Yeah. And there are two great ones that he drew for this. Now, have you listened to these two great ones? I have listened to almost every episode of oh these. Oh, my gosh. Uh, one is Suspense, which went on for 17 years. Yep. And I have yeah. listened to all the seasons. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so there's a great drawing of that. But my favorite is of Inner Sanctum. Mm. This was a great show that every episode uh, opened with a creaking door. Exactly. And it just set the tone, literally. Uh, the original host of the program was Raymond Edward Johnson, mm. who uh, would, he, he sounded very sinister and spooky. Mm. Mm-hmm. But he Like would, a Robert Stack? Oh, no, no. Uh, Spookier than Robert Stack? More Take like it back, Boris, David. More, more like oh. Boris Karloff or oh, something. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. He had the very rich voice, and he would make jokes, uh, like uh, puns and things like that, mm-hmm. that had to do with, you know, uh, mummies and dead people okay. and writing and blood and things like that. It was... Uh, they're v- and the stories are, are really wonderful. Hy- mm. Hyman Brown produced that series and would go on to produce a number of series, including for CBS in the 70s, uh, Radio Mystery Theater, which oh. is what I grew up on. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Although not drawn by Hirschfeld. So, Catherine, what is your favorite drawing out of the CBS radio pieces? CBS radio pe- uh Well, Ed Murrow, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's I fan. always have to pick my boy, my boy Ed. What's your favorite? Inner Sanctum. Oh, that's right. You just said that. I'm sorry. I did. It shows, <laughs> and and just for those of you who are not following along with the links in the show notes, mm-hmm. uh, it shows Raymond Edmund, Edmund Johnson cutting off his own head. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I know that one. That's a, It's a really that's wonderful one. That's the Inner Sanctum one. one? Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Now, one he did not draw because he had just finished up his CBS radio program. Yeah was Fred Allen. Yes, who's very dear to all of our hearts here. Oh, yeah. Fred uh, Allen is a patron saint of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. Definitely, definitely. Um, although um, Al did profile uh, Allen for the New York Times Magazine section in 1943. Right. One of his first uh, profiles that he wrote for the magazine section. Right. Uh, Allen's show was on CBS, radio show was on CBS from 1940 to 1943. Um and then he would go to NBC in 1945. So that's why there's no um, no drawing, no postcard of, of Fred Allen. Ten years later, um, his next assignment for CBS was the Omnibus uh, program. Mm. This was... Uh, was this sort like of, PBS before PBS? Yes. Yeah. It was like an intellectual variety show. Mm. It was hosted by Alistair Cook. And oh. you might see Helen Hayes performing... Uh, uh, a scene from a play mm. or the New York City Ballet gotcha. um, or Benny Goodman and and his band. Mm. You know, it was, it, it was, you could see William Faulkner and Walt Disney on the same program. Oh, that's fine. And it was, it was underwritten by the Ford Foundation and its goal was to educate. Right. Um, they really saw TV as an opportunity to educate the masses. Right, right. Um, so they saw it beyond entertainment. And so Hirschfeld did five different drawings for that, and right. they're and they're terrific. And yeah. in some cases, the only drawings he did of some of these figures. Right, yeah, and I just want to remind everyone. I don't know if we said we're in the television section now. Right. So uh, after this 1944 radio drawings, everything else now we talk about is going to be yeah, television. It's TV. Yep. Um, and you can't talk about TV without the Bible of TV. 
the TV guide. He, as you, as everybody who listens to this broadcast knows, he drew more TV guide covers, really painted more TV guide covers than any other artist. Right. Um, and they are my kind of, uh, they're my favorites. Some you have every, favorites. you have every TV guide. I do have day. every TV guide. I do. Um, it didn't take that long, actually. Uh, what she's really looking for, everybody, is American Mercury Magazine yes. with Ernest Hemingway please, on the cover. Please. Please. Send I'm looking for the American Mercury with Ernest Hemingway. I also want the American Mercury with Winston Churchill painting his own self-portrait. Not that, the other Churchill, but that one. Those are the two American Mercuries I'm looking for. And I can't, I just, every day I So check. write to us at info at yes, org uh, because yeah. she's becoming insufferable. Now, uh, that would be a good challenge. Um, we talked about the American Mercuries in our political episode, our politics episode. Um, that would be quite an undertaking to collect all the American Mercuries, not just because there's so many of them, but I don't think a lot of people kept them like they kept TV guides. And they were about the same size as TV guides. Yeah, I think they're an, a half an inch less wide. We are getting off track here. We are, we are. As we okay, often do TV here guides, in yeah. the Al well, Hirschfeld archives. Is, I love TV guides and I love those little American Mercury, so I get excited and I just I just don't stop talking. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> so the first TV guide cover that Hirschfeld did was a CBS program. Right, $64,000 question. Uh, quiz show, we told you we're coming back and yep. uh, there, here it is. Mm-hmm. Hal March with uh, uh, coins in his yeah, eyes. yeah. It's a really wonderful uh, piece, and it's that was nice. really the start of this long relationship. Yeah. Uh, it is Hirschfeld's only painting of a dog. Is that's true, Lassie? CBS, that's the CBS broke. show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then there was the one of Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, uh, he is shown green-faced, very sinister yeah. uh, lighting and looks, effect. I think he looks sick. Yes, but what he was supposed to look is scary. Mm. You know, and and uh, ominous. He, the show yeah. was Alfred Hitchcock presents. Right. It was an anthology show that had sort of mystery, suspense, horror mm. stories mm-hmm. that would resolve themselves in a half hour gotcha. or an hour. Um, Hirschfeld actually had an interesting history with Hitchcock. Um, he did a drawing of Hitchcock in 1936 when he was uh, when Hirschfeld was in London. He went out to visit the set of Sabotage, mm. uh, released in this country as a woman alone, and did a wonderful drawing of Hitchcock on, uh, sitting in his director's chair right by the camera. Yeah. You see the producer and the cameraman. It's a very famous drawing. Really? At least to me it is. Yeah. Sure. He would later do uh, do a revised version yeah. where it was just Hitchcock and the cameras, yep. and that was published as a print very late in the game. Right. Um, but it's based on this 1936 drawing. Yeah. Um, around the time that he did this TV guide cover, though, Dolly was in an, a Hitchcock film called I Confess mm. um, about a priest who hears a confession of a murderer. Oh. And, you know, the question is, what do you do with that? Right, right. And uh, the, it, was film, it was shot in... Uh, as, as Hirschfeld told me, it was shot in Canada, mm. and, and he went up to the set, and one day uh, Hitchcock went to the courthouse to watch a trial because he wanted to, you know, see how it was done and make sure he got it right. And he left the courthouse, and the trial was so interesting, he thought about changing the entire script of the of the movie because he thought that the trial he was watching was, was so interesting. Oh, wow. Um, and that's Dolly's really last great film. 
someone who was such a big, important uh, movie star in Germany, you know, by the mid 50s, she was much more interested in being Mrs. Al Hirschfeld. Right. That was a full time job. Right. I'm sure. Uh, also, for the TV Guide covers, I thought we'd talk about the Carol Burnett um, oh, yeah. shows. Uh, only person to be uh, drawn twice for a TV Guide cover by Hirschfeld. Well, oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Good point. So once in 1970, in a totally unusual yeah. color piece where he did this, uh, he dragged something over the like paint. Like a comb or a, yes. We recently saw the original uh, work of this, and it is it's it's not, it is a completely unique Hirschfeld. Yeah. In this, it looks like he might have been working with acrylic paint, which mm, is maybe the mm -hmm. only time I can remember him doing that. Interesting. Um, but he dragged this comb through it and made these designs, very modern and very much of the period. Yes. Um, but uh, not what we expect of Hirschfeld. Yeah. Yeah. And he would draw her later a simple black and white drawing in 1990 when right. she came back to television in something called Carol and Company. Yeah. And that which was, was an not on CBS. That was an NBC show, but the Carol Burnett show, they were the 1970s. TV guide guide, uh, 1970 TV guide was a CBS show. And the one other one I wanted to mention was Sonny and Cher. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, because that was a CBS show. Yes, and I but, think this was for, see, I did a lot of research. We'll cut that out. Uh, this was for the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour, which was on until 1974, which is when this TV guide came out. And these were essentially variety shows. Right. I remember right. watching them when I was a, a, a kid. And the reason I mention it is that Hirschfeld had a uh, reproduction of that cover hanging behind his barber chair mm -hmm. for all the years that I knew him. Right. And uh, I've seen pictures. Right. He had it up there almost yeah. uh, from the time that he drew it. Wow. wow. Uh, why that one? Mm -hmm. Never asked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's a great piece, very colorful. Yeah. Um, great one of Cher. Yeah. Um, a great one of Sonny Bono, too, but yeah. really. Speaking I mean, of Cher, I literally just asked you two days ago what your favorite Cher song was. Would you like to share? A half breed. <laughs> no pun intended. Half breed? Yeah. That's a good one. Mine's Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. And if, well, you can't uh, dismiss I Got You, Babe. Yeah. <laughs> That's show business history, folks. Yep. Those are just some of the TV guide covers that are of uh, shows that were on CBS. There's yeah. actually more. Yeah. all and, the. I mean, a lot of the classic. Burns and Allen, uh, mm -hmm. I Love Lucy, Ed Murrow. We also have MASH. Oh, yeah. Alan Alda and MASH. That was a CBS show. One of the most popular shows in television history. Right, right. Maud, Rhoda, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. He, he drew everybody and, yep. and everything. Yep. And of course, what's my line? How could I forget? Um, but before we, uh, we won't get into talking about that because, of course, we did a whole episode on what's my line. Oh, definitely no. I think it's our fourth episode. So if I you want to hear. I go on and on. Yeah. Yes. And, and I do go on and on. And it's all there in the episode, yes. carefully preserved in amber. <laughs> But in 1962, CBS mm -hmm. uh, decides to do something that had never been done before, mm. or for that matter, since. Mm. Um, the art director at 
CBS at that time was a, a really a genius by the name of uh, Lou Dorfman. Mm. Uh, Lou is the one who created the CBS I logo right. uh, back in 1951. And he was... He was ahead of his time then, and he would stay ahead of his mm. time, his whole time as uh, art director at CBS. Mm. And in 1962, he had the bright idea of having Hirschfeld draw the entire season of CBS for a special insert in papers all across the country. Mm. He came to Al. He asked him if he wanted to do it. It would be about 100 drawings, wow. the largest commission of caricature maybe of all time. Wow. And Al agreed to do it on the condition that the drawings would not be shown for approval to the performers, to the producers, or the sponsors. Mm. If they wanted Hirschfeld, they were going to get Hirschfeld. Pure, unadulterated Hirschfeld. Exactly. And so he did these series of really, really wonderful drawings um, that were, uh, he would do individual drawings of the shows as well as these composites that would have all the shows from Sunday night or Monday night or Wednesday night. Um, There was one of CBS News. uh, Mm -hmm. There was one of CBS Sports, CBS Specials. And in the specials, he, Judy Garland had a special and he does this, incredible drawing of her with her hand uh in front of her you know uh, all five fingers out that would become this very iconic image later published as a limited edition print um but a really great piece um he drew uh the mary tyler moore show uh well actually he drew mary tyler moore in the dick van dyke show right Right. He would eventually do Mary Tyler Moore uh, yeah. for uh, on CBS, but this it was from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Yep, yep. Um, uh, uh, he did uh, the Lucille Ball Show. Right. Um, and at this point, the Lucille Ball Show had as its logo of its production company because Lucy's Lucy was the producer for mm. it. Um, her logo was based on a Hirschfeld drawing that he had done of her in the Ziegfeld Follies in right. 1946. Right. Now, my dad is uh, lives currently in Jamestown, New York, uh, which is Lucille Ball's hometown. Mm-hmm. And on the sign that says, Welcome to Jamestown, it says, Birthplace of Lucille Ball. And it has that, um, that drawing, the Ziegfeld Follies, on the sign. Uncredited. Uncredited, but it's We're going to take nice. it up with Watermill. No. And- <laughs> With Watermill. Or no, I'm sorry. Jamestown. Jamestown. <laughs> In any event, uh, I may have told this story before, but there is one person who complained uh, about uh, their drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hirschfeld had done this uh, work, uh, submitted it. Lou was very happy. Uh, Al went off to Europe for the summer, came back feeling happier than even when he left. Uh, it happened to be the week that the uh, inserts were coming out in the New York newspapers. Mm. And Lou Dorson calls up and says, listen, Al, I was wondering, Alan Funt doesn't like his drawing. Would you mind redrawing him? Mm. And Al was feeling no pain and decided he would do it. He had that nice sunny glow. From a great vacation. (laughs) Uh, I don't think he laid on the beach. He was not a beach. Uh, In fact, he and Dolly, when they go, they... Take their, they get married and they go to honeymoon in Nantucket mm. and they're sitting on the beach and in about, in less than an hour, they look at each other and they realize they really don't like sitting on the beach. Yeah. So they go into Boston and they see an out-of-town preview of um, One Touch of Venus. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And he has a great drawing it, for There it. is a great drawing of that. Um, 
but uh, so he had uh, he did this new drawing of Alan Funt. They took it to uh, the Herald Tribune, and the Herald Tribune changed it. They put in the new head. The Times had already set the piece, mm. uh, and they weren't going to change it. Mm. And I don't think anybody thought it was going to be that big of a deal. And so they came out, and then some wag over at Newsweek noticed that the drawings were different. Uh-oh. So they call Al and said, why are the drawings different? And Al says, I'm not going to get involved in this. Yeah. You should call Alan Funt, but uh, you know, yeah. I don't have any comment. Well, they call Alan Funt, and Alan Funt says, I asked to, to be changed because he made me look like a gorilla in the first <laughs> one, and I, and I wanted a different drawing. Now, I think it's ironic that Alan Funt, who was then the host, the producer of Candid Camera, right. whose primary function was to embarrass people right. and make them look foolish, complained about somebody who made him look foolish. He can dish it out. Yes, that's exactly right. Anyway, Newsweek calls Al up and says, Alan Funt says you made him look like a gorilla. And Al's response is quite classic. He says, I didn't do that. That's God's work. <laughs> and of course, they wrote it up. It was of a course, thing. Yeah. The exact thing that Al did not want to have right. happen right. is exactly what happened. And uh, he just took it in stride. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, around this time, a few years later, in 1966 and 1967, Al did a lot of drawings for the inside of TV Guide. Right, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of interior images. We tend to forget those because you have to look inside. Oh, yeah, there's um, 75 to 100 of those yeah, there's, images. Yeah, there's quite a few, um, and a lot of them are CBS shows. And what's interesting about these drawings, I mean, they're uh, what's interesting about the drawings are the drawings themselves, but historically what's, I think, interesting about them is he drew them, he drew these shows much like the Broadway shows. Right. He These were for reviews of when the shows first came out. Yep, yep. And so he was not drawing, say, Mission Impossible when it was, you know, everybody knew Mission Impossible. It was a new show called Mission Impossible. Right, right. So just like his theater drawings would often appear the Sunday before the show opened, that's what these drawings, they right. were drawing the week that they first piloted on. He wasn't on, picking winners or losers. No, he was really trying to capture the yep. shows. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a few. Beverly Hillbillies. Is oh, yeah. The interior there. Mission Impossible, like you said. Um, there's also one of uh, Bud Collier, To Tell the Truth. And I do want to talk about this one because I have a plea for all our listeners out there. Another. In one of Hirschfeld's account books, he wrote down very meticulous, um, you know, notes of what his commission was, when the date was, when it was published, and how much he got paid for it. Thank you, Al. Is that yeah? No, it is a big help. We found quite a few missing drawings that way, um, or drawings we didn't know about. Now, in May of 1966, he had an entry that said, "TV Guide, Steve Allen, and I've got a secret," and he was paid for it. I've looked in all the May 1996, 1966 TV guides for Steve Allen, who, of course, you know I love because of What's My Line, and it's nowhere to be found. Uh, there is, however, Bud Collier in To Tell the Truth in May 1966. To Tell, to tell the Truth was a CBS show. Well, they both are CBS shows. Oh, they are? They're both CBS shows. I've got a secret of CBS as well. Um, and I don't like to say, you know, Mr. Hirschfeld is wrong, uh, I hope he's not wrong. I hope there is a missing Steve Allen drawing somewhere. 
Uh, so if you have a, a you know a 1966 TV guide and you want to see if there's a Steve Allen Hirschfeld drawing in it, I would be forever grateful. But listeners, don't hold your breath. <laughs> I'm holding my breath, so hurry. Now I have a favorite of the interior yeah. TV guide. What's your gadget. favorite? My three sons. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Fred McMurray. He shows. Uh, he's got this arm that becomes uh, this hand that becomes his arm mm-hmm. holding a pipe yeah i mean it's just brilliant yeah and in the original drawing that he did for my three sons he shows the three sons although later when he did the drawing for he did another drawing on the show for viacom when right. we'll talk about that he drops off the sons because it's funny. just fred mcmurray yeah <laughs> well my favorite is ann sheridan in pistols and petticoats and why is that your favorite? I don't know. I just love it. I think it's a really pretty drawing. It's got nice wash on her cowboy hat. And maybe I, you know, maybe if I was drawn by Hirschfeld, I hope I would look so cute and adorable. Do you think you'd be wearing a cowboy hat? And- I think I might be wearing a cowboy hat. You've seen the picture of me when I went to Graceland when I was 12 years old. Uh, listening audience, when she went to Graceland at 12 years old, she felt that it was the right time for her to dress up with a cowboy hat. It, it was not just a cowboy hat. I wore a full button-down flannel tucked into my tight jeans with cowboy boots and a huge belt buckle. No one else was dressed that way. My entire family wore T-shirts and shorts, and I was dressed in a full cowboy uniform. I mean, I was Marshall Dillon. That's there who you go. I was. It was crazy. Paying respect to the king. I, that's what I, and well, I remember thinking, oh, these people know I'm a real Elvis fan. Once they see what I'm wearing, they'll know that I'm a real Elvis fan. So, so uh, TV Guide, let's close the door on that. Uh, Viacom, we've mentioned, we just mentioned that. So let's, why don't you kind of explain? So what Viacom in is. 1984, uh, 1985, 85, yep, 85. Um, Viacom is now going to syndicate 25 classic TV shows. Mm. And they have the idea that Hirschfeld should be the right person to do this. And they come to Hirschfeld, and great, he's totally game for it. He usually liked to have photographs Mm. to work from. I mean, he preferred to work from life. And they said, well, we have this new technology called the VCR. How about we bring it up to you, and we'll bring up tapes. My goodness. And so they bring up a VCR, a television, and tapes to Hirschfeld Studio. And he would say it was like drawing from life. It was like drawing from a model. It was the first time he ever did it. And he could stop the TV at just the right thing that he wanted to capture what he wanted. And it's true. These drawings are lively. They're Mm. not static. No, not Um, at all. They're very much like, they're very much classic Hirschfelds. Viacom was over the moon. Mm. They were so thrilled. They were going to use this in print advertisings, uh, advertisements. They ended up making a, a, a desk calendar yeah. with all the drawings, and they would publish two sets of limited edition prints. One with uh, that's signed in the plate, which means it's just really a reproduction right. uh, of the drawing. And those are numbered. There's 200 of those. And then there's an edition of 200 that he that he hand signed yeah and they were put into a portfolio Mm. they're about 16 by 20 Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit larger and um they were given to tv stations and people in the industry right uh they're really they're a wonderful collection of 25 different images including hawaii 50 and uh the andy griffith show um uh rawhide yep 
one of my favorites. Yeah, my um, favorite is the Twilight Zone. The twi- that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then he did All in the Family, uh, which is interesting because he did a TV guide cover, a right. color version mm-hmm. uh, of the drawing, and All in the Family was the creation of really one of the remarkable men of television mm-hmm. history, Norman Lear, right. who created a string of shows in the 70s that really pushed the envelope. Right. Um, All in the Family was about uh, uh, Archie Bunker, a bigot who lived in Queens, mm. and his view of the world. Mm-hmm. And it put a lot of ugly ideas in front of people, but showed mm-hmm. them how ugly they were. Yeah. Um, he did a show, The Jeffersons, right. which showed a uh, uh, upper middle class black family right. living essentially in a white world. Right. Uh, he did this weird soap opera-ish show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Mm. Uh, and eventually, uh, the mu- what was then called the Museum of Broadcasting, uh, it may have even been called it by its original name, the Museum of Television and Radio, um, and now called the Paley, Paley Center, Center for Media, right. Uh, there's a drawing of Norman Lear surrounded by some of his great creations. Right, right. Really, uh, so All in the Family was a really, really important show. So important that this, that the chair, the uh, the easy chair that uh, Archie Bunker would always sit in in his living room is now in the Smithsonian. Oh, wow. Uh, well, most of the, Vi- I just wanted to point out that most of the shows that were drawn for Viacom, most of them are CBS shows. Yes. Uh, y- you know, overwhelmingly. Um, yeah, my favorites were Rawhide. I just like, I, maybe it's the cowboy hat. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's another cowboy hat one. Um, Tells you something about Yeah, cowboys. I Love Lucy, of course, was drawn for Viacom. Phil Sil- Silver Show, Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, Family Affair. Yeah, yeah. The lots, Bob Newhart lots. Show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there are really some great ones. Yeah. Uh, Perry Mason. I mean, just really uh, terrific pieces that uh, you sometimes see in auctions or uh, galleries, uh, individual prints from the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see all 25 in their portfolio is really quite something. Yeah. Um, he would do other work. Uh, in 1967, Leonard Bernstein uh, conducted the Young Person's Symphony right. on a special for CBS. And this is kind of the Bernstein logo, basically. Well, uh, I, very much so. I think how a lot of people saw him. Yeah. It was later published as a limited edition print. Yeah. Um, that were in the Bern, uh, Bernstein centennial year. And uh, that image has been used a lot in connection with that. Certainly in the big show that the Grammy Museum right. uh, put together uh, and that has been traveling around the country. Opens in Los Angeles in September. There are several Hirschfelds. There are six Hirschfelds in that mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Leonard Bernstein, and, yeah. and uh, they're really great. Um, but that one is is in there. Um, but he would also go on and do prints of a number of other CBS shows. Right, The Nanny, which I loved, if you uh, couldn't guess already. Uh, uh, no cowboy hats in that one, but I have to admit, The Nanny is a show that just drives me up a wall. Oh, I love it, I yeah. love it. Uh, Becker also was a CBS show, and there's yeah. a print of that. Ted Danson. Of course, there's I Love Lucy. Yep, yep. And uh, David Letterman. Don't forget David Letterman. Now, that was originally drawn for Rolling Stone magazine. Mm. Uh, one of the many, I mean, I always tell people it's a much shorter list of the magazines he did not draw for. Right. Uh, but uh, that was drawn for uh, Rolling Stone and then later published as limited edition mm-hmm. lithograph. Right. Really great piece. And then finally, he did a drawing of what I think is one of the classic 
CBS news programs, which is 60 Minutes. He would do a drawing that showed not only the stopwatch, but about 15 of the reporters slash anchors in that show at that time. Right. Uh, Along with commentators like Andy Rooney. Mm. Um, It's a really wonderful piece that everybody in that show really loved. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, to bring the story full circle, his last CBS drawing is in some ways like his first CBS drawing. It's a self-portrait. This one happened in 2001 when he was interviewed on CBS Sunday Morning. And he did a self-portrait of himself that looked like the logo of the show, which is this rising sun. Right. And so his his hair and his beard are done in these different uh, sort of uh, uh, triangles of uh, color. Right. Um, It's a really wonderful piece. It captures, I think, very much the spirit of the Hirschfeld that I knew and and really loved. It's a very dear drawing. Yeah. So that covers about 60 years of Hirschfeld's career. Wow. Of one one particular aspect of his career. Well, David, what's your favorite CBS show of all time? Oh, well, Twilight Zone. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, do you know what mine is? No, I do not. Yes, you do. Oh, it's What's My Line. <laughs> of course. I was thinking of it before, and I was like going through the Wikipedia page. I was like, what is my favorite CB show? CBS show? I was like, oh, duds. What's my line? <laughs> but second to that, I guess I do love The Nanny. I do love The Nanny. But not as much as What's My Line. No accounting for taste. <laughs> no, no. Well, Celine Dion was on The Nanny, so, you know. <laughs> We're just going downhill with my book. <laughs> Nothing personal, Celine. Thank you. All right. Well, I will put all of these in the show notes, of course. So please follow along because we talked about a lot. I'm also going to put all of the shows that we didn't talk about that are still CBS drawings that he did. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I'm also going to put up those because I think they're worth looking at. Um, Without a doubt. Some of them are great. Um, So I'll do that. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Or no, we're on Facebook, the Al Hirschfeld Foundation, Twitter and Instagram at Al Hirschfeld. And we put up drawings every day. So uh, if you follow us, you'll see, you'll get your daily dose of Hirschfeld. Daily dose of Hirschfeld, I like that. Um, Our theme music is by the wonderful, great Dick Hyman, which I always, uh, whenever I hear a name of a celebrity like that, I think to myself, drawn by Hirschfeld? Yes. Yes. He was drawn by Hirschfeld. Of course. course. Uh, And if you want to learn more about Dick and his music, uh, go to dickhyman.com. Right. Uh, and then we are at alhirschfeldfoundation.org where you can look up all these CBS drawings. And if you and want, much, much you can more. look up all the NBC drawings and all the ABC drawings. <laughs> you can look up all the radio drawings, all That's the right. TV drawings. You can look up at any particular year yep. or production or publication. Uh, you can look up any year of Hirschfeld's career and find out not only what he drew, but uh, what he was doing. Right. And then the podcast is at alhirschfeldfoundation.org slash podcasts with an S at the end. And S is for... Steve Allen. Oh, that's a good one, David. Good one. Okay, awesome. I should have come up with that. Yes, you should. All right, everybody. If you also want to send in suggestions for what we podcast about, we would love that. Uh, we always, I mean, we always have something to talk about, but we want to know what you want to hear. You know, about and we promise we're not going to leave you hanging like we have. No. We really, really apologize for that. We just got overwhelmed with work. Yep. Um, but good things that we'll be telling you a lot about in the near future. Yep. All right. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening. And we will see you when we do. Bye.